0: Amen. Give the Lord an applause. Hallelujah, Lord. His presence is here, and he wants to just talk to us a little bit. The Lord really showed me <clears throat> while my wife and I were out of town that the last couple of weeks was a, a season where the enemy unleashed arguments, arguments against truth. And today is a day that no longer arguments against truth will hold us down in fear. And we need to make a choice, amen. We need to make a choice today to dispel those arguments and trust, here it is, the presence of our God. He is always with you and me. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and be seated. But I still want to continue to talk to you about this because I was on a balcony and had a balcony that I was able to look right straight out at the ocean on the East Coast in South Carolina. And I would sit down on the balcony and... and do my early morning reading and prayer and praying in tongues. And, and the Lord uh, many times told me, many different times told me to stand up and go to the rail and look. <clears throat> and the first time he did that was I, had got, I, I got up before the sun rose. And he said, look, and the sun began to ra- to raise. He said, I told that to do that. And then he said, look down, and, and I saw where the ocean had receded. He said, I did that because the tide went out. I did that. Scientists will tell you it's because of the pull of the moon but God placed the moon there. And then there was another time where he he brought me up and he said, look, and the ocean had come up where people were building sandcastles and the water had washed over those sandcastles because they were in the place where the tide would come in. Then, he said, now look, and over there was was a squirrel, and over here was some seagulls, and and I'm standing there, and I heard in my heart, not an audible voice, but I heard in my heart, it said, look and watch. All of a sudden, this cloud comes over where I was at, and it starts raining. And it wasn't raining in where I was. I mean, that, that type of miracle. But it started raining, and it just... Gully washed. That's a southern statement. It gully washed. And so right away it produced a a puddle. And then the rain went away and then the sun came up. And he said, Look, and there were some birds that went over there and started drinking out of it. He said, I want you to tell everyone I got everything in control. Fear is being leashed, just released out in the spiritual realm. And we do not have a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of sound mind. And he said, I've given you the proof. Then, lo and behold, a rainbow comes up. And he said, you, you just taught on him. He said, that's a reminder that this world will never flood. But the world keeps telling you, it's going to flood. Everyone's going to starve to death. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. And then it gets personal into your home. He says, your marriage will never work. Your home is awful. Your children are going to fall apart. You won't have enough money. You won't have this. And we come in loving God with all of our heart, and we're listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the wrong presence. The presence of God is what we should be listening to. That God is there, He's got your back. He's got your front. He's got your top. He's got your, your below. He's got everything in his hand. And all we need to do is just believe that and walk in that. I would like for you to <clears throat> turn your Bibles to Genesis 28. And we're going to read quite a few scriptures today. I do this periodically. I just really sensed that we needed to just read the story and then make some comments on the story. But before we do that, as you're turning or getting your iPad on, whatever you're doing to find the scripture, to our military, thank you. To our military, thank you. To the families of our military, thank you. Amen. Last week, I went golfing, and the uh, golf course had 11 alligators on it. A-, a friend here said, why don't you go catch one and make some alligator shoes? And uh, no, I did not do that. You would see how fast I was if he climbed out of the water. But when I was golfing last week, I, I spent a few hours uh, playing golf with a group of three people in and one of them was a Vietnam veteran uh, the Air Force. Uh, he was 81 years old. He looked like he was 51. He flew and commanded in Vietnam 21 AC-47 Spookies. For some of you who don't know that, that, I'll give you another term. Puff the Magic Dragon. In other words, they were gunships at the end of the war vietnam war when we pulled out 14 spookies were left so seven of them were shot down with their crew he told me after 31 years and he might be watching us now because he asked me for our web page so he could watch and if you are we honor you today After 31 years in the Air Force, he still wonders why he came home and some of his friends did not. See, this is Memorial Day. Memorial Day, even though we enjoy it, is not a barbecue. But it is a cross that when they honor soldiers, they take the soldier's rifle, they take his helmet, and they take his boots as a sign of a cross because they died serving our country. And that's what Memorial Day is. Don't be distracted. Yeah, I'm going to eat my hamburger. I'm going to eat the barbecue. But I'm going to remember, there are people that were called of God to go in And do their duty. And our duty who did not is to honor them always and thank them always. And when you go into a restaurant and you see a soldier, you see a Marine, you see someone in the Air Force wearing their uniform, you see a police officer, a fireman, you take care of their their meal. Because they did something that you and I weren't asked to do. So, I would like for us, for those that serve, have served in the military, veterans, those that have family, children that served in the military, would you stand with me, please? And I, I want to uh, just pray over your home. So, please do that. For all of you, you have children, fathers, aunts, uncles. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over these homes, and Father, I proclaim that the Holy Spirit will overwhelm with that comfort that surpasses all understanding in the realities of the experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In Jesus' name, Lord, I proclaim a blessing over these homes, and that Jesus Christ will absolutely ordain these homes to be a blessing because of their service. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. As you're seated, give them another applause. As a nation and as a church, we do not forget. Today, the greatest joy we can achieve is to understand the love of God, or that God is love. Love is God. Regarding our series and what we're going to begin doing the next quite a few weeks, I'm going to show you what God's love produced. Not only our salvation, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. That is the pinnacle of God's love. But when God's love is conveyed in this world, it produces something that the world, or even us as a church, do not understand. And we lose exactly what we sung about today regarding the body of Christ, regarding church, regarding his presence, we will lose some things that God desires us to have in an everyday lifestyle. And because of that, there is dishonor that takes place in some. Not all, but some. And what we need to do as a church, and I believe in the beginning stage of the great move of God, the great move of the Holy Spirit, that ushers in the return of Jesus Christ, that this is what's going to be happening, is that we're going to see that not only a great move of the Holy Spirit, but we're gonna see great honor and respect for what God's love produces. And that's what we're gonna talk about in this series. And so as you turn to Genesis 28, As we start, I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me today? What is God wanting to say to you today? There's something particular for every individual in this house. Whether you're saved or unsaved, whether you're going through tragedy, hurt, turmoil, or you're having the greatest days of your life, God wants to say something to you today. So, the Holy Spirit has directed me to some specific things to begin this series. And the title of the series, I call it Love Conveyed. Love Conveyed. Or basically, the fruit of the expression of God's love in us. We will talk immensely about worship and what is worship in this series. And I'm just speaking of worship. Are you not enjoying our worship at Valley? Isn't it great? It is spiritual, and it is good, and it's excellent. So worship is the greatest expression of love that the love of God produces, is worship. So this first message I want to, to go all the way back to the beginning of worship, and I will title this basic uh, subtitle, I will title it The Church, or Our Promises, or What is Church? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What is church? Man, we had church today. Well, here's the question What is that? Well, um, Music, um, good teaching in here, great teaching. <laughs> Amen. So, worship, what is worship experience? What is an experience of worship? Where does that come from? What produces that? See, so these are the things that, that I've been thinking about for the past about four months, and I think the culmination of that is when I was standing on that balcony and I just really felt the impress of the Holy Spirit to look at those things and understand some of the things he's promising us. What does God expect when we say we're going to have church? What does he expect? Because he's the one that created it. Or what should you expect when you attend church? Now, we could have worship, church, in our personal quiet time. You could be at home in your prayer closet and you could have church. But what is that? There's something that happens when we come together as a church, as a group of people corporately in our services, and we have church as a body on the weekends and so what I want to say to you before we move on, and you'll hear it tidbits of it throughout this whole series, it is so vital you are in church when the doors open. Because the love of God conveyed has produced church, has produced worship, and many other things we're going to talk about in this series. In Genesis 28, verse 10, we'll begin with verse 10, it says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Now, I'm going to explain a lot of different things, and this has been a deep study for me. We're going to explain the distance between these different cities he names, the directions that he gives, and But we're gonna do that throughout the series. So I'm gonna tell you, I'll remind you later why he said the distances. And we're gonna see that God had a purpose uh, in everything he wrote through men. Verse 11, so he, he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place. Now watch the symbolism also in this series. And think of Jesus in the series as the cornerstone, the headstone. Christ is a stone. And put it at his head, this is Jacob talking, put it at his head, And he lay down in that place to sleep. Now, some of you would think he laid on a stone. He did. Then he dreamed, and behold, remember this story? A ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. So the bottom rung was on earth, the top rung was in heaven. In other words, a symbolism, a way to get from earth to heaven. But I want to tell you this, you'll see it in this series, the ladder represents someone, not something. All right, so keep that in mind. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And... As we studied last series, what we found regarding angels, they were bringing answers of prayer to earth. So they were descending, bringing the answers to prayer and ascending, getting more prayer answers, bringing it back down and back up. But remember, all that happens because of someone. Verse 13, And behold, The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants a covenant. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So what we're seeing now, we're seeing that the ladder is someone. There's a way to get from earth to heaven. There are angels that are coming, bringing answers to prayer from heaven to earth, going back, getting answers to prayer, coming back down. This is in the spiritual realm. And then it begins to talk about to the east, of the west, north and the south, so that Everyone is included in this. It's important he uses all these directions, and again, I will tell you why later. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke, remember the latter someone, okay? Then Jacob awoke from the sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? What is the place? I, you'll find out in a little bit. This is none other Here it is, then the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Now, watch the symbolism again. Verse 18, then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone, remember the stone he laid on, that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it verse 19 and he called the name of that place bethel which means house of god but the name of that city had been luz previously Now, I'll tell you what Luz means later. Verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat, remember the birds with the water, and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Let me tell you another way of saying, then the Lord shall be my God. He is the true God. Hmm. Verse 22. And the stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Let me tell you, I'm going to proclaim to you, that's when the church began. And of all that you give me, I will surely, watch this, give a tenth to you. See, somehow, some way, I will always bring in tithe, won't I? No, that, that's, that's scripture. That's what God said. Giving a tenth. There's such a perfect union of giving with God. And it is produced out of love, not out of need or want. Again, we say Acts chapter 2 is the start of the New Testament church, yes. But this verse we read is the birth of the house of God. Let me just explain to you again. Bethel, two words, Beth means house. El means Elohim, which means God or the house of God. Now, why am I bringing all this out? Why is the Holy Spirit wanting us to get really you know, nitpicky in all this Is because we need to understand what we have because of the love of God. What the love of God produces in you and me. And what God has set up for us, and the stuff that some of us, and I want to tell you, it's real because it's demonic the stuff that some of us carry every single day of our life in worry and depression and all these things comes from the the pit of hell, but it also comes because we don't recognize what the story tells us about the love of God. And praise God, today and next week, in this part of the series, I'm gonna show you what it is. So don't miss next week. What makes what we read the... The house of God. What makes what we just read the house of God? What makes this house we're in here the house of God? Is it, let's see, oh, great speakers. That's what it makes. No, what makes this house we're in the house of God? What makes our bodies, which the Bible tells us our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the house of God? These are the questions we need to ask. So the explanation here is Bethel was a place or a little portion of the city of Luz. I'll say it again Bethel was a place, a place, or a portion of the city called Luz. It was a place where springs, where they called Bethel, where springs were located, and was always known of the time as a place where everybody could camp because it would provide the essential needs of life. Bethel, all it was was that. But because we don't understand the spiritual content of it, we don't understand God's love in a true sense. And it is a place that God and his love, it's a place where he camps in our life. Abraham, the Bible says, built an altar at Bethel. But it was called Luz, Because Genesis 28 tells us that it was called Les. So so there's no question, why is it called Bethel? Because Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, and Moses lived 400 years later and knew it as Bethel, the house of God. So when you follow reading the Bible, going from uh, historical facts to new things in New Testament, you will always see this thread of everything being explained. That's why the Bible is the greatest book ever written because God wrote it. So Moses says, Abraham went to Bethel, but it wasn't called Bethel until Jacob named it Bethel. And we're reading, don't lose faith, Focus, because I'm giving you a lot of information today. Don't lose focus, but reading about a guy that didn't know that the presence of God was there, and when he had the dream, he recognized God was there. And so there's a lot of situations in your life we don't recognize that God's there. And I'm trying to bring this out to you and saying to you as, as my brothers and sisters, as my friends, I want you to understand, God is with you, and you're not alone. So let's go on. Jacob named it Bethel, but it was known previously as Luz. This place was also the major north-south highway. And it went through Bethel. These roads crossed at Bethel, now Luz, also the east and west, went through there as well, so in other words, to get to every corner of the known world, the road began or intersected at Bethel, to be able to get where you needed to provide, to have everything done, it intersected at Bethel, It intersected at the house of God. And we need to recognize in our lives today how important we are to one another as a church. God said, your descendants will spread out throughout the land by these highways. It was a major crossroad of the promised land of Israel in Bethel. Bethel is the second most mentioned city in Israel in the Bible other than Jerusalem. And we read it and we say, Bethel, that's a cute name. It has so much meaning for us today. So why would he say, this is the house of God, which is church? Let me just pause here. Why he says it and says it many different ways is because some of us don't understand the importance and the true meaning of church. So I'm going to give you three truths today and next week. Today, one of them, and next week I'll give you the other two. But I'm going to add a little bit to the first one next week at the beginning of the series because um, I just want to hold it till next week because it's so important. So here's the first thing. We're talking about the house of God, the church. What is, what is it? Why do we come? When we have church, what is having church? Church is a connection. Church is a connection. Church is a place where we connect with God. When you are in church, some just say, oh man, we had church. I mean, the music, the worship was just amazing. It was great. And you know what, it is. The teaching, again, was great. (laughs) Humbly saying, it is. And the word of God is powerful, it's quick. It will divide the soul and the spirit. It will do what it was sent to do. It's powerful. That's why we say the teaching is great. If you just hear great music or hear great teaching and you didn't connect with God, you didn't go to church. You didn't have church. Church is God's love conveyed to us and that love created in his image and likeness, us conveying that love to him. The importance of why we gather has to be recognized because you know in the United States of America, the last 50 years there's been an attack on the church and its integrity. For all you young people, there's an attack you don't hear. When I was in school, we were told to go to church. We had prayer in school. We did all these things because there was an understanding of the purposes of church because this nation was founded upon the house of God. So when you are in church, it is, you have music, you have singing, you have teaching, you have fellowship, you have good food, you have, you know, shouting, dancing, all the different things that we do. But we need to understand there's something greater, and that greater is a connection. So Jacob makes a connection with God in this story in Genesis 28. Let's read verse 12. Again, he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. Its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, answering prayer. Many scriptures, I'm going to show you, many scriptures of the Old Testament have a New Testament confirmation of what was stated. Uh, remember the story of Nathanael. When Philip goes to his brother Nathanael and he says, I found the Messiah! I have found the Son of God. Nathanael, you need to come, and you need to see him, and you need to meet him. Now, Nathanael, according to Scripture, was kind of like one of those guys that, you know, was, wanted God, sought God, but he was very conservative in the way he did that. So Nathanael doesn't seem too excited about it. Maybe Philip was known as he kind of expanded things that happened. And he goes, Oh, another another thing's happening here. Okay. But as they approach Jesus, you remember the story. Jesus says about Nathaniel, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Nathaniel, probably like a lot of us, being more reserved, Nathaniel says, Do you know me? <laughs> How do you know that about me? That I have no guile. And Jesus answered in the story in the New Testament, "O oh, Nathaniel, I've known you your whole life." Let me tell you something. God's known you your whole life. He knows every experience, every situation, everything. He said, I saw you sitting under the, Jesus said, I saw you sitting under the fig tree when Nathanael came and told you that he had found the Messiah. And Nathanael says, whoa, you really are the son of God and the Messiah. But watch what Jesus says. Now this is my version of it. He said, you think I'm the son of God? Because I said, I saw you under the fig tree. He said, fasten your seatbelt, boy. Because the next three years, you're going to see a lot. That's basically what he said there. Jesus made this statement in John chapter 1, verse 51. We'll go back to Genesis. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You're going to see angels working in and through. You're going to see the miracles. You're going to see these things. Now, please know that every Israelite knew Jacob's ladder, the story of it. Jesus said there, I'm the ladder. Remember I said the ladder was someone Jesus said there, I'm the ladder. I'm Jacob's ladder. Because these angels are going to come because of me, because of what I'm going to do the next three years. This is why. And you can imagine Nathaniel just and ready. And that's what I'm saying to you and me, is we need to be Nathaniel and just say, I want more of this, and I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to dive into it, and it's not really about the music. It's not really about the song. It's not really about the person speaking. By the way, thank you, Dr. Mila, for last week. But it's about something very unique, and I'm going to tell you in a moment. Nathaniel knew angels ascended and descended. Jesus was saying, you're going to see angels ascending to heaven and descending from heaven on me. So if you want to get from earth to heaven, I'm how you get there, Nathaniel. I'm your Messiah. I'm the one that'll give you your salvation. So the connection that is made between heaven and earth His name is Jesus. So why is this church? When we just came here this morning and we drove here, we walked here, why is this church? Genesis 28, 16 says this. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Jacob was saying, surely the Lord is in this place He was and he is in this place. He still is in this place, and I did not know it, but I know it now. The Lord is here, but I didn't know it, but now I know it. What am I trying to show you? Church is becoming aware of the presence of God. When you have church, you become uniquely, intimately aware of the presence of God. And that's what brings power. That's what rebukes the demonic influence that has brought you worry and fear and all the things that are in your life. That's what brings that. And God's presence, his presence, is what rebukes it and causes it to leave you because you believe it now. The presence of God. He's with you always. We'll talk more about this in this series, but remember the symbolism of the crossroad of Bethel, the house of God, that it goes north, south, east, and west. See, this is the hub of the presence of God. Yes, you can have it in your prayer closet, yes, you can have it everywhere. But this is the hub. This is what God created, the house of God, which is the presence of God. This house is the presence of God. When you come to church, somewhere during a song, during a point in this message, someone gives a, a prophetic exhortation, all of a sudden you become aware of the presence of God you can hear it in worship we're singing songs we've sung that song before the music and we're checking out well, who's playing today who's singing today who's you know who's leading the song you know how our brains work and then all of a sudden during the song you can hear the crescendo in parts of the church i'm not saying the whole church tr- I'm, I'm saying over here then over here then over there then over there you can hear that if you are listening you can hear that there was a recognition at some point of that song, there's a recognition at some point of a message or a prophetic word that you experienced the presence of God and you knew he was with you. That's what the love of God produces is the presence of God. Hmm. What happens when we have church is we become aware of God's presence. It is the forefront of our thinking when we come to church. I'm coming to corporately stand in the presence of God with my brothers and sisters. And because of that, remember the crossroad? Remember, it'll meet every need. This awareness, again, can happen... When you are going through difficult times, when things are wonderful, when you're driving, when you're listening to a worship song, it can happen when you're out at the beach. It can happen when you're hanging out at home and God just shows up. It can happen in a hospital room. It can happen when you're quiet. You don't have to rev up. Okay, let's get the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. Here we go. We're almost there. We're almost there. Come on, let's go. Now, now, now. It's when you come with a focus, watch this, that God loves you so much and his love produces, his presence permeates Everything in your life. And wherever you're at, even when you're in sin, his presence is there. Some of you go, he's there too? Yeah, he's there. You all of a sudden know God's here. That's church. The presence of God is at Valley Community. Now, this is very important, and I'm I'm concluding here. If you ever attend church and you don't sense God's presence, don't blame it on the church. Because the deadest, driest, most boring church, God is still there. It all depends on whether you make a connection. It's all it depends. You know, I, I try with people, you know, worship leaders and, and teachers and Sunday school teachers and children's ministry, all that. You know, when they start teaching or whatever, it's okay. The Word's going to do the work. The presence of God will be there with you. And it's like, yeah, but it's just... I, I just, I'm afraid I'm just not going to do good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know if I'm called. I you know, God's presence is always there. Why? Because God is love. Church is not about exhibiting God. Everyone come to Valley Community Church and watch this. Here's God church is not exhibiting God. It's really not about experiencing God either. What do you mean by that, pastor? Oh, I've just had such great experiences with God. Well, what about now? Are you experiencing God? (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? It's like there's there's this button you got to push. There's this note you got to play. There's this the song you got to sing for the presence of God to be there. No, no. It's because God so loved the world, his presence is permeated everywhere. And we just need to recognize he's with me, he's with you. So at Valley Community Church, we're not trying to put on a good show, we're not trying to create an atmosphere, even though, hey, you know, you do that. If you let the lawn grow for about three months, mm, there's a problem there. We're not trying to create an atmosphere. We are trying to create something. Let's call it an atmosphere so every person can have an encounter with God. Every class, every song, everything we do, every bulletin, every prayer time, whatever we do, we're trying to create a place where people can gather and, what? Encounter God. What we say to people. I'm always saying things with people That they would encounter God wherever I'm at. So every person says, after the encounter, I found God. He's with me. I'm not alone. There's an old song that we used to sing, and we do periodically. I'm going to read you the words. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And that's why you come to church. That's church. That's why we have church. When now you say, we've had church, it's because you encountered God. You encountered God who is love conveying himself to you. Shall we stand? So next week, we'll pick up this. But always remember, this whole week, I wanted to stop here because this whole week, I want you to continue to say to yourself, every single day, church is a connection. The presence of God, it's a connection. It's connecting with God. But here is... Bethel, the house of God, you are here to connect with him. And then what do you do? You go north, south, east, or west. I know some of you geography people, okay, you're right, pastor. But you know, north is just a little bit that way. I know that but I'm just pointing, give, okay, we got these roads. What is the road really representing? The house of God, the church, the body of Christ. And so now you, founded on Christ, have everything you need to live your life. No matter what other people do, what other people say, you have the power and the presence of God to win in every situation of your life. You are more than conquerors. Anybody agree with that? Amen, Amen. praise the Lord. Just go ahead and just raise your hands for a moment and I wanna just proclaim a blessing over you. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, Reveal the house of God. Reveal the importance of the church to the body of Christ, the church, as we gather together and we can go home and see your answers to our prayers. Why? Because we have encountered you and we had church wherever we are at. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Be blessed today and celebrate someone who's been in the uh, military. God bless you.